Matthew chapter number two, I I've been, really have been seeking the Lord since um, got planned out to be here tonight and what the Lord would, would have us do and what the Lord would have me preach. And I have uh, worked on this thought the last couple days. And uh, I don't know about you, I love, and I, I'm in, in love, and I'm, I'm just absolutely, uh, I'm just crazy about this book tonight. I'm thankful for the word of God, aren't you? And if it's okay tonight, I'm just going to give you kind of what I've been studying, what the Lord's kind of been doing in my heart over the last couple, couple days, and uh, I trust it'll be a help and a blessing. Matthew chapter number two, Matthew chapter number two, I want us to begin reading in verse number one. Matthew chapter number two and verse number one. If you're there and you love Jesus, say amen. amen. Bible says, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Verse number two is where we'll stop tonight, saying, where is he that is Born, I like this, king of the Jews. Here's what they've come to do. Are you ready? Here's, what, here's why they've come. They tell us, for we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. <laughs> Can I read it again? Oh, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. I want to preach on this thought tonight. I've come to worship him. I've come to worship him. Father, we love you tonight. God, we are thankful that you are God. Lord, we are, Lord, not ignorant to the fact that we did not love you first, but God, you first loved us. Father, how undeserving we are to be in a place like we are tonight. Father, I pray for just a few moments as we look to the word of God. Lord, would you help me? God, would you use me? God, you know my heart. I, I have not come to impress anybody. Lord, I've come to make much of Jesus. Help us tonight, and we'll give you all the glory and the praise, and it's in the name of Jesus and the church said, amen. amen. I've come to worship. We find tonight in Matthew chapter number two, we are introduced to some individuals in the text that oftentimes have many misconceptions drawn about these wise men as Matthew calls them. That phrase wise men, it indicates that, that they were what is called the magi. These were men that studied astrology and essentially were great scientists of their day. I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings, but contrary to most nativity scenes, these men were not present at the birth of Christ. If you study the text, you find that uh, the Bible and most commentators agree that in conjunction with Luke's writings, that at the time the Magi arrived and these wise men arrived, uh, many commentators believe that, that he was around the age of six months to a year to a year and a half by the time that they arrived. Now, tradition tells us that, that there were just three of these men, but that has no basis in Scripture. If you study the book of Matthew, 
Matthew, I think he, he even points and alludes to the opposite. Verse number three of Matthew chapter number two tells us that not only when Herod had heard these things, he was troubled, but the Bible said, and all Jerusalem with him. The Bible tells us that Jerusalem was troubled at the arrival of these wise men. I'm inclined to believe, Brother Brian, that, that these, these great, wealthy, prominent individuals, I, I believe that there was a great entourage that was following these wise men. It was enough to, to, to stop everything going on in Jerusalem and to trouble the entire city of Jerusalem. I believe there was a great entourage that followed these wise men. Matthew tells us that they have come from the east. It is widely accepted that these men came from ancient Babylon. And I, I've been fixated upon these wise men for the last several days and, and I find it very interesting that these wise men of great prominence, these, these wise men of great wealth, prestige, and power, I love the moment that they show up to town, Brother Cal, they have one goal on their agenda. They've come in verse number two and this is what they say, hallelujah. They give their reasoning plain, clear, and sure. They have one specific reason for coming and that is they have come to worship Christ. They have not come to talk investment potential with King Herod. They've not come to discuss trade routes with Herod. They have not come to have them and their entourage while the people of Jerusalem. They, they did not come to discuss a summer palace on the Sea of Galilee. No, they have come for one reason and that is to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm interested that Matthew says, Matthew lets us know that they have come to, what's the word? Worship him. If you look up that word in the Greek, it literally has this idea of a dog licking the hand of its master, which conveys complete and total submission. Now, the young people that might remember youth camp, I, I preached the whole week on, on worship in the Bible. And we, and we established very early in the week, and by the way, me and my therapist are making great strides in recovering from that week. Somebody say amen right there. Worst ridicule, ridicule I've ever endured in my life, Brother Cal. Hallelujah. We established very early in the week that worship is this. There are many things that can be said about worship. There are many meanings. There are many misconceptions about the word of worship. But biblically, worship carries this one umbrella meaning, if you will, and that is submission to the will of God. May I stop and say tonight, worship, it is deeper than, uh, than some kind of cultural movement. It is deeper, it is deeper than a genre of music. Somebody say amen. It is deeper and it is greater than a service time on a church side on the outside. I, I came to tell someone here tonight that worship, it is submitting to the will of God. Say, preacher, I don't believe that. Well, you're gonna have a problem with the Bible tonight if we're gonna follow what is called the law of first mention. That's a great tool we use in the study of scripture. You would find the first time that worship is ever mentioned in our Bible, you would find it in Genesis chapter number 22. Anybody tonight remember what's happening in Genesis 22? Abraham, he has taken his son Isaac upon Mount Moriah at the word of God to offer him to God for a burnt offering. And you remember what, what Abraham said? 
that them boys were doing, he said to those men that waited there, he said, I am the lad, will go yonder and worship. I believe tonight one of the greatest pictures of submitting, of bowing, of bending beneath the will of God is Abraham in Genesis 22. Worship, it is submitting to the will of God. And these men of prominence, these men of great prestige and political power, they have come to worship Jesus Christ. May I stop and say tonight, before I get any further, I'd like to ask Rubyville Community Church, what have you come tonight to do? Did you come to be seen? Did you come to see others? Did you come to hear a little song and some words and leave? Or may I ask, has anybody on a Wednesday night come to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Oh, I'm wondering, anybody in this place just come with one agenda, one purpose, one thing on their mind that they might get a view of him, that they might get a look at him, that he might pass by the lattice as Solomon said, oh, you and I tonight, I hope we've come to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This Christmas season, let us not be so enamored with presents under the tree and get-togethers that are planned and food to be eaten. And yes, don't even get so taken back by the Little Debbie Christmas trees. Somebody holler amen on a Wednesday night. Oh, but in this Christmas season, let us remember tonight, hallelujah, what this holiday, what this time, what this season is. It should be like these wise men. We've just come to worship the king. Can I give you my introduction quickly? Some of you thought I will. I thought that was your introduction. Well, let me give you my introduction tonight. Notice the word that guided them to worship. Notice these wise men and the word that guided them to worship. Now, we find in verse number two, this is what they say. They say, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Now, some might say, Brother Brian, that the wise men was the only thing that guided these wise men to worship Christ. But that's just not so. You see, these wise men, they specifically knew that they were coming to Jerusalem to worship the king of the Jews. May I stop and say that was more information than what the star provided. You see, there was more than a star that was guiding them. There was more than that sign in the sky that guided them to worship Jesus Christ. I'll tell you why these men, I'll tell you why these men have come to worship him and worship the king. They have come because the word of God. See, I believe tonight that these men, they were of ancient Babylon. I believe that, that they had obtained not only the writings of Daniel but several other Old Testament books that Daniel had left behind as well. There, there are many places that I could go with that tonight but a couple that stuck out, you remember Numbers chapter 24 and verse number 17. You remember Balaam the prophet, he prophesied, this is what he said. He said, I shall see him but not now. I shall behold him but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Seth. Daniel wrote this in Daniel chapter number nine. You remember he said this, that, that, that 70 weeks are determined to Israel. And Daniel said this, Daniel said 69 weeks. Now if you study that out, and I don't have time to do all 
that tonight. I'm sure Brother Cal can do that. Daniel said this, that 69 weeks of the 70 weeks that were determined to Israel, he said in 70 weeks, he said sin is coming to an end. You go back and read it. He said the transgression is coming to an end. He, he said all that is wrong, all that is sin, it will be done away with. Here's what Daniel said. Daniel said 70 weeks and that will come to pass. Oh, but then Daniel, he gives this specific prophecy. Then he mentions that, that in a specific number of time, 483 years, it would separate what was the time of the decree given in the days of Ezra to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. From that time, the decree was made to 483 years would be the birth of the Messiah. And so these men, may I tell you tonight, they are more than being guided by a sign in the sky. There is more guiding them to worship, hallelujah, than a bright and shiny star up in the sky. I tell you what has brought these men to worship. They have come to worship because of the word of God. These men had studied those writings, carefully waiting, carefully hoping, generation after generation, and then one day, oh, I feel preaching on a Wednesday night, then one day in the fullness of time, the Savior, the Messiah, he had come, and hallelujah, yes, they had the sign, but they trusted in the scripture. It was the word of God that led them to worship the Savior. Oh, may I tell someone here tonight that if the only reason you have to worship Jesus is this book that's sitting in your lap, may I say, that is more hallelujah, that is more than enough reason to worship him from now until you and I take our last breath. If all we have is this book, this powerful book, this precious book, this preserved book, this potent book, this precious book tonight, if that's the only reason we have to worship him, it's more than enough tonight. They have come because of the word of God. <laughs> Miracles are great. <laughs> yes, they are. But they do not have to have been witnessed to finally worship him. No, God gave us a book that says this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We have a book tonight, and that is reason to worship. Yes, they had the star, but Matthew indicates that, that the star wasn't always there, Brother Brian. So you say, preacher, what, what did they cling to on their journey? What did they hope for on the journey to the king? I'll tell what they had. They had the precious words. Hallelujah. They had the precious words of God tonight. Notice the word that guided them to worship. Secondly, notice their willingness to worship. If you study the, the, the trip to ancient Babylon, to where that was, to, to Bethlehem, you'd find it was an estimated 800-mile journey from ancient Babylon to Bethlehem. It was a rigorous journey, one that, that passed through the Syrian desert. And if you remember, Ezra said in his writings that when they left the captivity in Babylon to Jerusalem, it took them four months to complete the journey. So we find that these men, they were willing, hallelujah, to walk through desert places just to worship Jesus Christ. I'm wondering tonight, oh, I know in our life, I know we're willing to do everything else. We're willing to work, we're willing to coach, we're willing to do this and that, but when's the last time, hallelujah, when maybe your journey had got hard and you had traveled through desert places and there were some dark nights, the days were hot and the nights were cold 
cold in your life, but you determined in your heart, I'm still willing to worship him through the hallelujah, through the desert places of my life, through the dark places of my life. Still, I'm willing to worship him. I see the word that guided them to worship. I see their willingness to worship. But would you notice, I see that Christ was worth their worship and glory. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Christ was worth their worship and glory. Now you find that I... The journey was long, but Jesus was worth it. It led them to some desert places, but the Savior and the King was worth it. The days were hot and the nights were cold, but Jesus was worth it. It was almost like what Paul said, Brother Cal. Paul said this, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung. Why? That I may win. Christ. I wonder would somebody tonight just want to take a moment and testify and say you may have had trouble and you may have walked through trial and things haven't always been easy. You haven't always known how it was all going to work out and you journeyed through some hot desert seasons and had some dark nights but I'm wondering would somebody testify he is worth our worship through the valley. He is worth our worship through the desert. He is worth our worship still he is worthy still he's worthy of my life my breath my strength my everything he is worthy of it all and these wise men they've determined that the journey may be long but the savior that I'm about to see he's worth my worship the nights may be dark but he's worthy of my praise child of God oh we may not get much further than this but I'm okay with that tonight would somebody just want to give God glory and praise that some days you've been sick and some days you've been poor and some days you've been hurt and some days you didn't know what tomorrow would hold but somebody ought to clear them off a spot on a Wednesday night and say through the valley he's worth my worship and in the night he's worthy of my worship through the sickness he's worthy of my worship through the pain and through the unknown times of life he is still worthy tonight oh bless his name Christ was worth their worship men arrested tonight in their worship can I give you several things I promise and I'm ordering something from Giovanni's and going home somebody say amen right there number one can I show you tonight notice notice firstly tonight considering their worship number one notice firstly presented omniscience notice presented omniscience notice what they seen when they made it to Jesus. Would you look at verse number 11 tonight? Matthew chapter number two and verse number 11. What's the Bible say? And when they were come into the house, what did they see? What's the Bible say? They saw what? The young child. Did you see it? They saw the young child. Now, does anybody remember what they said in verse number two? It's kind of the whole message. What have they come to do? They've come to worship what? The king of the Jews. 
And notice when they make it to the home of Joseph and Mary, what do they see? They have come, they have journeyed to worship a king and the king of the Jews. Notice they have come expecting to worship a king. They have come expecting a reigning Messiah. They have they come, they have come rather expecting him to be robed in kingly apparel, but notice they enter into that little home and what do they find? They find a cooing and potentially babbling Jesus. He's either unstable or just now learning to walk and speak. We find that these wise men notice the scene they were presented with. They're coming to worship a king. They're coming to bow at the feet of a reigning ruling king and yet they walk in the home of Mary and Joseph and Cocomelons on TV. They walk in expecting a great mighty ruling king and what do they see? They see newly born, six months old, they find a baby or at the most toddler, Jesus. I wonder tonight, I don't think I'm doing any damage to the text when I say that I'm sure they were expecting a ruling and reigning king. But notice, hallelujah, that these wise men, bless his name, as they enter to worship that baby as they enter to worship that king, hallelujah, they, they realize quickly that this king, he may not be saying what they expected him to say. And though he may not be moving exactly how they thought he would be moving, they still worshiped. <laughs> I'm preaching tonight whether y'all know it or not. He wasn't doing what they thought he'd do, but they're still worshiping. I'm about to tear something up tonight. He wasn't saying what they thought he'd say, <laughs> but they're still worshiping him. He wasn't moving like they thought he'd move, but they're, bless his, y'all ain't getting it tonight. He ain't moving like they thought he'd move, but still they bow low to the ground and worship him. I have no doubt tonight in a crowd of this size, if you'd be honest, you may not admit it to me and you may not admit it to Preacher Cal, but some circumstances and situations in your life, Jesus didn't say what you thought you'd hear him say and he didn't move the way you thought he would move. He didn't heal the way you thought he would heal and he didn't do what you thought he would do. Oh, but on a Wednesday night, I wonder how many would say hallelujah in every situation. He may not have done it the way I thought he was gonna do it, but he's still worthy. He's still worthy. He's still worthy. He's still worthy of our worship tonight. Notice the presented omniscience. They walk in expecting a ruling king. Notice what they're presented with. There's a toddler there. And he didn't, hallelujah, he wasn't moving like they thought he'd move, but they're still worshiping him. <laughs> he wasn't saying what they thought they'd hear him say, but they're still worshiping him. I'm wondering tonight, there's some situations in some of y'all's life tonight that, that your life, it is, it is in shambles. Darkness is surrounding your situation. But I wonder on a Wednesday night, would you determine that he may not move the way I want him to move and his answer might not be the answer that I wanted and I desired, but he's still worthy of my worship. Oh, tonight, you serve the, lo you serve the Lord long enough, you'll find he's not always gonna move the way you want him to move. Am I preaching to anybody here tonight? You'll find he won't always say what you want him to say. But can I make a statement, Brother Brian, that while they came into the presence of this toddler, of this baby, may I remind you, he was still God. 
Well, y'all didn't behave the way I thought you would. I said, he's still God. And though he wasn't saying what they was wanting him to say, he was still God in the flesh. <laughs> and though he wasn't moving the way they thought he'd move, he's still God, still in the flesh. Notice their presented omniscience, yet they worship. Secondly, would you notice their personal omitting? Notice in the verse, verse number 11, and when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. Notice this, and fell down. Is that what your Bible said? And fell down and worshiped him. Now we know tonight that Mary and Joseph, they were not living large in Bethlehem. The, this was a peasant family. These were peasants that most likely lived in a one-room clay home with dirt floors. And yet would you notice, Brother Brian, these men of great renown, these men of great wealth, these men that in the eyes of the people were somebody, yet they still entered the home of that little peasant family. And they adjusted their luxurious orient robes and they fell down on their face and they worshiped Christ. Oh, may I say tonight, they may have been somebody, but they weren't God wrapped in the flesh. They may have had wealth and prominence, but they were in the presence of a holy God that's come in the flesh tonight. They were in the presence of a God whose earth was his footstool. And I think tonight, a lot of times, we may not say it or admit it, but we've, we've become real proud we've become real prideful of who we are and what we've done and we've forgotten tonight that we were nothing but Gentile dogs dead in our trespasses and sins and yet the Savior loved us enough to be born, to live and die that we might be saved by the grace of God and on a Wednesday night we ought to throw away every hallelujah every ounce of pride we got we ought to dispose of every bit of ego that's on the inside and like those wise me and hallelujah let us just fall on his face and in spite of who's watching and in spite of who snickers or laughs let's fall down tonight and worship him these men of prominence they fall on the dirt floors of a peasant's home to worship this king notice their personal omitting they were willing to get rid of every bit of personal ego pride and prestige that they had that they might fall to the ground and worship him. I see the personal omitting. I see tonight the presented omniscience. Would you notice a priceless offering? I'm running to the close tonight. Notice the priceless offering. Would you look at it in verse number 11? Here's what the Bible said. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. Notice, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened, what's it say? Their treasures. I looked up that word treasures today in my Strong's Concordance, Brother Brian, and it literally means this. It, it means, I looked it up in my Strong's Concordance, and it means to make a deposit. That's what it means. These wise men, they have come, and they are depositing those precious goods and those gifts at the feet of Jesus. Now notice Matthew, he didn't say riches, though very likely they were riches, but this was not the wealth of the country they've come from. Notice what he says. He says they had opened their treasures. See tonight, these were the personal items of these wise men. Did not come with, with silver and gold from the treasury of their country. No, they've come with their own personal gifts their own personal treasure, and they place it at the feet of Jesus. I 
I was thinking about treasures today. You see tonight, treasures, they are they're not so much defined by the sum of its worth. Treasures, they, they're defined by what they mean to the individual who is treasuring what is being treasured tonight. They were depositing their gifts at the feet of Jesus. Let me say it to you like this tonight. When I go to deposit my check at the beginning of every month, it may not be a worthy deposit to you. It may not be much to you personally, but to me, it's the difference between honey nut Cheerios tonight and honey flavored grain circles. Y'all get that on the way home. Anybody know what it's like to buy cheap cereal? Collar, amen right there. Amen. May not be much to you. Oh, but that, that deposit, it means a whole lot to me tonight. And these men, they cast their treasures at the feet of Jesus. It's worth tonight. It's not found in what it would go for in the current economy. It's worth is what it means to the individual that's giving it. You remember that widow's might. It was nothing to most, but it was everything to her tonight. What we give, I'm gonna make a statement tonight, what we give in worship should not be measured by the amount, but by what we have left after we gave it tonight. Treasures tonight, very simply put, treasures are what has your heart. What has our heart tonight it may not be bad things, but if we worship those treasures above the Savior, we are in a dangerous place. I wonder tonight, this Christmas season, would we take a moment and just let the Lord know that there is no treasure above the Savior. Somebody help me preach tonight. Let us, <laughs> let us, let us make sure we let him know tonight that those treasures are wonderful. We just want to worship him. I see tonight the priceless offering. Notice tonight, can I give you this quickly and I promise I'm done. Notice, I believe, I'm gonna make a statement tonight and I'm gonna walk through this very quickly tonight. I wanna say that their worship, it was sincere, Brother Brian, it was as real as worship gets. But I wanna say tonight that though they were not aware, I believe that God took their worship and I believe that God made their worship a great picture and a great reflection of what Jesus would do 33 some years later on a cross called Calvary tonight. Notice what they brought to Jesus. What did they bring to him? Let's read it in the verse. The Bible says they opened their treasures. They presented unto him gifts. Notice gold and frankincense and myrrh studied those three items in depth today and found some interesting things. I believe tonight that God took their worship and made it a reflection of Calvary. I don't know about you tonight, I want the Lord to take my life, take my worship and use it as a reflection, as a picture of the darling son of God and what he did on the cross of Calvary. We're studying those three items today. Did you know that these three items, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they were all used in the Old Testament sacrifices that were offered in the tabernacle. You remember gold, according to uh, Exodus chapter number 25, you remember the Ark of the Covenant, preacher cow, it was covered in gold. 
According to Exodus 25. You remember frankincense. According to Leviticus 16, frankincense, it was to be burned when the priest entered into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement to atone for the sins of the people through the shedding of blood. Gold is present as sins are being forgiven in the Old Testament. Frankincense is present. And myrrh, according to Exodus chapter number 30 and verse number 23, myrrh was used to make a sweet-smelling anointing oil that would be used to anoint the altar of the burnt offering where the, the animals were sacrificed and offered to God. So would you see tonight that when the blood was shed for sins in the Old Testament practices, there was always gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Oh, tonight you see these men, they have come to worship Christ. They have come to worship the King of the Jews. May I stop and say, he is King of kings and Lord of lords. They have come to worship that King and they may not have realized it, Brother Brian, and they may not have known it, but God was able to take their worship and make it a picture, hallelujah, of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. There in the Old Testament, that lamb would be offered for the sins of the people on the day of atonement one time every year and that high priest would offer that lamb for the sins of the people. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh was all present when the lamb shed his blood. I came to tell someone here tonight that God was able to take their worship. God used their worship and it was a mirror. It was a reflection. It was a picture of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Tonight, you know why I worship? I worship not that you see my worship, that you examine my worship. I, I worship not that you can pick apart the way I worship God, but I worship for this reason. I worship so that others that are, that are lost without Christ, they might see a life that reflects one that's, that's picked up the cross of Christ, denied their self, picked up their cross, and is following the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh God, use their worship as a reflection of what Jesus did on the cross. Tonight I find that these men, they've come to worship Christ. I see presented omniscience, a personal omitting, and I see a priceless offering. They offered their treasures and worshiped the king. I'm wondering tonight, as I close, I wonder tonight, has this season and the hustle and bustle that we face, I wonder, have we forgotten that this time it's all about worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I've come to worship him. May I say tonight, thankful I've got a word that guides me to worship. Thankful, hallelujah, that by the grace of God, I'll be willing to worship. May I stop and say tonight, if you hear nothing else I say, I came to say that in spite of our long journey, he's worthy of our worship. Everything you're doing, I know it's a busy time of year and you're taking your time for that. And I hope that you know how much we appreciate it. Ron, thank you for all that you've done on that behalf. And those that will be helping out, be praying for the cast as well. And that most important of all things is that we can see people come to know Christ as their savior. It's been a great evening this evening. I do ask that you uh, continue to pray for these families that are going through sorrow and recently lost loved ones. Uh, I, mentioned, uh, I mentioned Unita the other night, Alvina, been praying for you. I know it's a great struggle. Her brother went, uh, went from this world very quickly, very suddenly, and uh, we are just 
We're just at a place where that we know God can give you the grace and the comfort you need and be praying for Gail and Andrew, uh, their son. His funeral will be Sunday up at Columbus, I believe in the Columbus area there. And so they'll be having a memorial service there. Pray for them and all of these families that's going through sorrow. Continue to pray for Dave Houston. Dave really needs our prayers right now. Please lift him up in prayer that God will help him. It was so wonderful to see him so alert and doing well this morning. And uh, he was teaching me all about technology today when I was in before eight o'clock. And uh, we appreciate Davey joins in every service to worship with us. And I sure miss him sitting over there. And I hope that you'll keep praying for him and praying for his family, especially right now. Thank you for coming out. May God bless you. Consider yourself dismissed.